Hey guys, it's Josh and welcome to our Response Physio podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all things yoga. So I've interviewed a yoga teacher called Deborah. And in this interview, uh, we talk all things yoga from the principles behind yoga, how it's helpful, uh, the benefits. And we talk about how yoga can help with injury. Um, so it's a very interesting and a very insightful conversation. And I think one of the things that stuck with me from it uh, was just uh, Deborah's passion for how yoga meets us um, in our lives and can be really, really helpful from a mind and body perspective. And one of the other things that comes through um, in the conversation is, is Deborah's story um, herself. She comes from a um, psychology um, background uh, where she was actually a lecturer. So the way her mindset meets um, mind and body is, uh, is really, really insightful and really, really interesting. Um, so I hope you enjoy. hope you enjoy our conversation. Let's dive into the pod. So, hi, Deborah. Thank you so much hi, for yeah. coming on the podcast. Are you well? You're very welcome. And I am very well. Thank you. And you? Yeah, yeah. Good. Thank you. Good. I'm excited to uh, for us to get stuck in. So just before we do start, just give, uh, I guess, me, but also the, the listeners a little bit of a an overview of who you are and what you do um, and, yeah, the experience that you've got um, up until this point. Ah, oh, that's very useful information, I think, for everybody, because to hear a bit of a background story will probably explain everything I say after that. Go for it. I started off life as a nurse in terms of career. Mm -hmm. Very fit and healthy person racing around doing an awful lot of typical nursey looking after behavior that didn't very much involve me understanding or looking after myself in any way shape or form and yeah. the nhs is is entirely set up to work uh by getting its main workers to be entirely unaware of their psychological and physical needs because mm. they're very focused on everybody else yeah. well that kind of suited my people pleasing nature which i kind of grew <laughs> up with in a, in a very large family uh but at some stage, a breaking was going to happen, and it did. Psychologically and physically, I became exhausted and worn down and yeah. couldn't basically do it anymore. So I looked at other careers and became a psychologist because I'd seen the work of an educational psychologist on the wards where I worked as a children's nurse, and I thought their work was excellent. Mm. Then was very successful in academia. Had it turned out I didn't know it, but I had a very clever brain. <laughs> and of course, you expand it even more if you use it. Of course. So I went down the route of becoming a senior lecturer in psychology and did very, very well in that career. But you know what? The exact same thing happened. <laughs> a little cycle of exhaustion, overwork, and very much as an academic living in my head. Yeah. all the time as a clever klotz and <laughs> one who was continually churning ideas over i did I had three attempts at a phd but that's another story okay. i always say if you put the three thirds together i've got a real one <laughs> uh, but um 
finished up at the end of that with 22 disabilities, a very, very broken body Mm. and entirely exhausted. So I retired on medical grounds very early at 45 and then began looking around at how I could suddenly take notice of this very broken body with its 22 disabilities. Mm. It began with dancing and exercise. I suddenly discovered I could gradually improve my skill and my health and fitness and that really made me so happy yeah so even though I was a clever clots and I could have been a very high earner I decided no I'm going to stay retired Mm. form a charity and teach older adults because I was older myself by this stage I'm 58 currently so I began to teach older adults to move more Mm. And of course, I found myself injured, being someone who'd done nothing but sit at a desk all day and, and only have this body, floating body, head. I mean, not but no, I didn't have a body at all. I was just in my yeah. head all the time. Um, I then suddenly had this new body, but I mistreated it because I was competitive with myself and I was excited yeah. to go fast. So whilst I got fit, I also got very injured, particularly below the knee, as a lot of dancers do. Okay. I was also dancing barefoot and my body wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So then I had to think, oh, I had very good physio, very good um, sports massage, but I actually needed to do something at home for me. And that's mm-hmm. where yoga came in. Okay. So I started yoga with absolutely no what it was about except i just wanted to stretch and get rid of the low below knee injuries that i was constantly yeah. experienced i was always strapped up and wearing some sort of new strapping or form <laughs> of you know <laughs> preventative for so but basically that's why i started yoga yeah then my yoga journey started do you know i can't even remember i think 2014 i qualified um, but I'd got a lot of background education behind yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, I became a somatic yoga teacher. And that is really where I will stay mm. uh, because that uh, juxtapositions all the things I've learned in psychology as a scientist mm. with the things that I know on an intuitive level. Yeah. Uh, with science and education from the sort of anatomy and the physical side of things, as well as the spiritual growth element of it. Mm. So that's a bit of a long story, but that will make sense of why I think all the things I think about why yoga works, not just for me, but for others as well. Yeah. And I think what will be great by the sounds of it is obviously we're going to get stuck into a little bit of what is yoga and how can yoga be beneficial but i think by the sounds of it you've got amazing um experiences and examples in your in just personally for yourself of of how that's helped you i guess Um, yeah that'll be that'll be interesting to get stuck into so when we talk about yoga then deborah what would you say are sort of the essential um, things for people to understand and know of what the sort of the basic principles of yoga and, and what's made up when we think about yoga. When I think about yoga, there is a kind of if you drew a spidergram, there's a main concept in the middle and then there's loads of branches out. The main bit in the middle is the sort of dictionary definition of what yoga means. Mm-hmm. 
and it translates as the word yoke in Sanskrit, which means drawing a balance between mind and body, so drawing the two of them together. So yeah. I, that that can be explained by what I said about I was like a balloon walking around with just a head, and yeah. I had no awareness of my body. No so at the very basic level, you begin to train the mind to become more aware of the body. So you allow the body to have an intelligence of its own. We tend to think the mind is up in the head and it's our thoughts. Yeah. But as you do more and more yoga, you realize, actually, if you pay attention to the body, you become, you live in your head less. Yeah. You become more grounded on the earth and you see much more subtly the signs of the conscious body teaching you in a far more intelligent way than your silly head can yeah. what you need to be how you need to be moving acting behaving how to have compassion for yourself and others mm. um so at the very that all yoga teachers i think are up to the business of harnessing the the body but will be bringing awareness to the body it starts with through the thinking mind yeah but eventually you are aware of the body far more often perhaps some great gurus are permanently aware they don't go to sleep and then suddenly come back into awareness to their body they're just <laughs> living they're just an embodied person but yeah. for most ordinary mortals like me you basically have to keep doing a bit of yoga or meditation to wake yourself up to the fact you've got the body because the mind mm. is so dominant in our culture yeah the thinking mind just wants to do be it says this is what it is to be human think 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 yeah. think and the way it's thinking generally is future focused which it tends to be people who are a bit anxious that's me it's mm. like oh i wonder if i wonder if that's gonna happen i wonder if that I, yeah. I wonder, and should oh christmas better get ready for that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know it's ahead 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 always ahead of the game yeah people who tend towards depression tend to look backwards and they go oh uh, I wish I hadn't had that conversation like that. Oh, did I say that no. right? Did I hurt him? Oh my goodness! Uh, could I have done? Could why did he do that to me? I'm always being treated like this. They're looking back, <laughs> back, back. Yeah. Being in the present moment is what yoga does in terms of the yoking business, mm -hmm. because it draws you into this moment. Is there a little tummy ache going on there? That's mm. funny. Your thumb hurts, and you're <laughs> in that moment. Oh, my neck's all tight. Oh. Here I am in this moment. I'm not yeah. thinking about the tight neck yesterday. I'm yeah. not thinking about will I have a tight neck if I do that tomorrow. I'm yeah. actually here and now in this minute mm. with this actually very intelligent body that's teaching me how to be fully human. Yeah. It's kind of about watching not just the thinking mind, but watching the body without having an aversion to it. The problem as you get older with all my clients and me, is you're in a constant complaint about it. It's not good <laughs> enough. It's not doing it right. It's broken again. Yeah. And all this knee is just keeps speaking, screaming at me, not even speaking quietly. It's broken. <laughs> it's wrong. So yeah. it's not about that. It's not about, oh, you'll get present to your pain and your stiffness and your tension. That's what yoga is all about. It's, about. it's not about being averse to what is going on in the body. It's just about feeling, noting, mm. listening, and then asking yourself, who is doing that feeling, noting, and listening? Yeah. Who is it? Who are you essentially? Mm. Are you this? Are you the body? Are you the mind? Perhaps there is no separation. And that is the core of yoga, and that's what I mean by yoke. There is no separation between mind and body. Mm. They're one thing. Yeah. So... Yeah.
that's very very good and an amazing um sort of overview i guess really uh, that you've given us um so if let's say for instance then we were in a typical um yoga class with you what would be the type of things that you might take um the class through and, and then what are the the aims of you if you like of that class what are the benefits that then that might bring um to the people attending when i said to you that the if you like you're drawing a spygram and in the middle mm -hmm. is yoga equals yoke Beyond that, all the branches off very much depend on whose yoga class you're in and what theme yeah. they're choosing for the day. Mm -hmm. For some yoga teachers, there is a set formula and they will say things like, shall we do our salute to the sun? And everybody knows what that means and they just jump about doing it. But if you come to my class, no no two class, no, you'll never get the same one ever, okay. twice, mm -hmm. because it's all about being in this, everyone brings the body that they've got with them at the moment and at it'll be different time. from the moment that they mm -hmm. had yesterday nearly always starts with lying on the floor becoming aware of the body from the inside out mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is if you put your hand on your leg now and the listeners put their hands somewhere that they can feel their hand if they look down at their hand they're doing what a doctor or you as a physio josh would do mm -hmm. looking at the body from the outside and let's say you crunch up one of your fingers maybe your index finger and squeeze it up so it's all tense mm -hmm. i'm doing this now by the way good i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> i'm doing it too i'm doing it and i hope some listeners are doing it having a little curl of one little index finger you'll probably notice that maybe there's a bit of redness creasing maybe a maybe a bit of stiffness pain tension it feels odd compared mm -hmm. to a relaxed hand anyway now you as a physio and maybe me as a private yoga instructor or the doctor looks down at the the, the crunched up finger and that's that's their experience of it they can make diagnoses mm. and in a way it's a bit like you looking at yourself in the mirror you can see that crunched up hand yeah but if you spend a moment just trying to feel what the finger feels like now what's the experience in the finger kind of getting your mind to go down to that point mm. where does the crunching start where does it end is it going anywhere else in your hand is it even in your little finger is it in your wrist is it in mm. the base of the thumb and it's about exploring you can release your finger now otherwise it's going to get <laughs> it's going <laughs> well, i'm cramping relax 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 <laughs> but even with that rested hand now, that very relaxed, soft mm. hand, it curls a little bit naturally, you'll see that there's an experience of this hand, which you can have with your eyes closed, yeah. which is not looking from the outside in. It's a soma. We all have a soma, an experience of the body from the inside out. Yeah. And you can retrain the neural pathways to relax and release because of this inside out awareness yes you could get hold of somebody's lying on their back and push a straight leg towards their nose and stretch their mm -hmm. hamstring you can passively yeah. stretch it as in elongate it as in push it into a longer position but mm -hmm. they'll probably go home and it will be back to the, how it was five seconds ago if yeah. you can train them to become aware of where the tension starts and ends mm. go more into contraction first is what we usually do so that it wakes up the brain the neural pathways mm -hmm. and teaches them oh 
I'm in contraction. I didn't realise. Yeah. Most of us don't realise. If we all now just move our head about, our heavy head on our very tight neck, mm-hmm. we realise that poor little neck's holding up a very heavy object. Yeah. And it's got some tension involved, if particularly if you're sat upright with no support. Yeah. So you, you check out the body from the inside out. But you're not going straight into stretch. You're usually going into contraction first, as if to say to the mind, this is contraction because Mm. it's kind of forgotten that it's holding tension all the time. Yeah. So that's what's happening in a yoga class. We're getting in touch with where the body is holding weakness, tightness, Mm -hmm. tension. We're becoming embodied beings where we actually own a body. And an awful lot of my clients like me in my old days and i understand them don't i because i've been there don't own (laughs) a body at all so the very first part of any experience of yoga and i mean this every time not just on the day one that you walked into your first ever class you need to reset yourself every day or every time you hit the mat Mm. but it's about becoming aware of where the body is holding its tension and quite often it has habits that it goes back to time and time again like we like for instance we might have a very hyperlordotic back or we might have very uh, forward pointing shoulders and rounded back Mm. you know we just go back to that pattern over and over again so it's about bringing awareness in the present moment on the on the the body but also allowing the body to teach us educate us mm-hmm. i mean i do a lot of uh, edu- health education in my classes because i'm an, an intellectual and i love all that stuff we do yeah. look at ipad pictures and you, you know you can move the body around so, so that when they're imagining perhaps the diaphragm moving as they breathe they can actually mm. see what it's no good using the word diaphragm nobody knows that it is unless you've seen a picture of it <laughs> yeah, so sure. if you've seen a picture of it you can actually picture it but go inside the body more easily and yeah. understand how it's moving up and down as you breathe mm. i like this idea you say as well of that sort of mind connection with body so because i think one of the biggest things i would experience in sessions is the moment a person becomes aware of their body is actually because of a negative effect and it's because they're in pain yes <laughs> so they're actually uh, there's, there's this difficulty initially to try and get across to the person that actually the only reason you're in pain is that the body's just suddenly got to a point where it's had enough it's not just literally like flip to switch yesterday everything was absolutely fine and now everything today is a catastrophe like you said, it's almost like one of the biggest things that I try and get across to uh, my patients is that this has been brewing in the background yeah. for a while. And I think something like what you're touching on there is really great because I think that's a big part of the process that we try and do. And then also, I think one of the other things that uh, you touched on, which I thought was a really good point, was that neural pathways thing. I think, again, that idea that this moment is a catastrophe Well, I'll then explain that, well, if we just rewind in time, there would have been a period of time where maybe your body was moving better and it was happier. However, we've fallen into potentially some bad habits. Now, if we can manipulate the body in a negative way, well, then we can also manipulate it in a positive way. And I think that aspect of that neural pathways for me is a big part of that. Um, So, yeah, they're really, really um, great points that you make because... I'm seeing a lot of 
um, I can relate, I guess, is the point. And, the, you know, the, those lines of thinking, um, I think even though your field may be yoga and obviously your experience is, um, is psychology and almost a bit more medical in that sense, um, there's a lot of crossover, I think, with what you're saying, which is which is really interesting. Yes, yeah. If we uh, if we think about then um, the difference maybe to someone who might come to your class, so obviously at the big at the minute here we've touched on a little bit of sort of um, almost introduction principles and basic principles for for someone listening. Let's say um, you've got someone who's come to your class and it might be their first, second, third time, and you've got someone else who's in the class and they are, I don't know five ten years along the journey of their sort of um, yoga experience how does that differ how does um, what's maybe going on individually for that person um, and how how do you so sort of, I guess um, approach that as the as the class teacher as, the, as, as a yoga instructor well I'll tell you a very f- funny thing uh, from a point of view of um what I observe as a yoga teacher of people who come to the mat for the first time, mm. they are generally the advanced ones, not the people who've been there 10 years. 10 years, people Thanks. go, here we go again. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're doing that leg lifting thing. Oh, yeah, I know that. And off they are writing their shopping list whilst yeah. they're wafting it in the air. That's the reason why no two classes are the same with the mind, because I've got to keep people awake and not go into, you know, I know what I'm doing here. Mm. So actually, ironically, in my world, there's no such thing as a beginner or an advanced practitioner. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's a brilliant, but, but I have to say, sticking to that principle has done me no good because it's an excellent <laughs> marketing ploy to tell people you teach beginners yoga because that will attract them into the class. If they, but in actual practical reality, in terms of what is going on on that mat, it will depend on the the person who's done it 10 million times bringing their beginner's mind to the whole experience where they're in a genuine exploration of curiosity not to think oh well, my tight hips i always have tight hips it's the same tight <laughs> hips as always but to actually are they tight today maybe they're yeah. not let's have a look mm-hmm. let's have a look as if we've never opened this hip as in you're lying on your back knees bent you let the then one knee fall out to the side yeah. In a very slow way, so you're exploring the movement of the femur, uh, uh, that that ball and socket joint. Mm. So, well, you always think it's stiff, but maybe it's not stiff. Let's have a look mm. in a manner of curiosity as if you are a brand new beginner hitting the mat for the first time. Yeah. And I say there could be somebody who's been made themselves more flexible in a certain area by constantly repeating uh, a process of opening out the hips let's say yeah but generally speaking if you've got stiff hips you're nearly always going to have stiff hips it's a habitual gripping that's connected to the position of your spine the way you walk on the ground whether or not your arches of your feet are collapsed where your knees are knocking in da 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 so you will continually walk like that unless unless you're some kind of amazing guru that floats (laughs) because you have habitual patterns so it's a bit like you've got to clean your teeth every day because they're going to get dirty with plaque you're going to have to visit the mat every day so i say the only subtle difference between those who've been practicing longer than shorter sorry to the advanced people who think they're better than everybody else (laughs) is that perhaps they have recognized 
that they cannot, it's like teeth cleaning, they cannot get away with ignoring their body most days of the week, except for when they go to yoga on Thursday afternoon. They need to be checking in. Am I, am I making my body bad and wrong and blaming it and complaining about my knees again? Or can I be with where my body's at and allow it to teach me? And if they have, you will see people begin to develop a home practice on their own. And it will be based around what's hurting, like you say, the the crisis that they're in from (laughs) habitual gripping. They will begin over the years to recognize, actually, I'm always hyperlordotic. So you know what? When I get into bed, I'm just going to do a few little arch and flattens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put myself in a position in bed that's going to support my back releasing for the first time in the 12 hours I've been walking around with it completely overarched. And they'll just begin to bring it into everyday life. Mm. And what I really see from people who first come in the room, they're very distracted by distractions so that somebody walks past the church hall that I'm teaching in and there's a bang. Somebody comes in to use the toilet from off the street, you know, (laughs) highly distracting to those who've just joined the group. Yeah. But to those who've been practicing a long time, their eyes remain closed. They just trust that I'm going to look after the the, whoever's up up to no good. (laughs) <laughs> and they they kind of incorporate the distraction not they don't hear that door banging and somebody yeah. goes into the street to use the toilet when they shouldn't be naughty people yeah but they uh they kind of get it and allow it to mm. be incorporated in their meditative state in their awareness they don't make it bad or wrong it's mm. just a it's just not even a distraction it's not got a negative label yeah so they can perhaps say doing what we talked about earlier lying on your back letting your knee flop out to the side and they suddenly notice oh my left ear scratches but they don't have to scratch the left ear itches i mean they don't have Mm. to scratch it and an immediate response to this distraction they get it that the mind will distract you all day every day it's a little monkey that's just playing around wanting attention Mm -hmm. so that's the only difference in terms of the physical body becoming all flexible Quite often you'll see yoga teachers who are good at doing a certain thing. Let's say they can lie with, sit with the legs wide open and fold forward and get the chin on the floor. Mm-hmm. They love to do it because it shows it's showing off. But the point <laughs> is you don't need to keep doing things that you're, I don't, by the way, go anywhere near a mat. I, I stand up the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't demonstrate because it's not my body. I want them to be in their body, not copying yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh yeah, you'll you'll see. Basically, it's no point in people who are hyper flexible doing more flexible stuff. Do yeah. the thing that your body's stiff with. You yeah. may be able to go forwards really easy, but how's your back bend? You know. Yeah, of course. That's really interesting. Again, I think I'm picking sort of concepts there of what I um, think about on a day to day basis because I think one of the other misconceptions um, around when people get injured or are in pain is that the assumption is the thing that's complaining is the thing that's to blame. But as actual fact, maybe actually that's the thing that's working really, really well. <laughs> and yes. it's the other stuff that's not working so great. Yes. And, and the thing that's constantly working, constantly having to sort of take up the, uh, the flack, if you like, yes. everything else, is saying, can you just please just give me a break? <laughs> yeah. So then, the you know, if we, for instance, then thought, well, there's the pain here, so therefore we need to strengthen this, we need to, um, you know, get this more flexible, whatever. Well, actually, maybe it already is really, really flexible. Maybe it is already really, really strong. And actually, like you said, 
it's the weakness bits it's the tight bits that actually that's where the focus uh, needs to be so again yeah really really interesting so if we take now yoga deborah from a perspective of as you've touched on a little bit yourself with your own experience you came into this because you were like oh god just my body feels like it's broken here it's falling yes. apart here etc um how uh, what's your experience i guess been of uh, yoga and injury and 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 how it's helped someone um you know either overcome pain or get better at a particular thing or essentially just recover from from an injury what's what's been your experience around that well we're back to the kind of yoking again it's mm. understanding how your busy mind is affecting the way you move or totally ignore the way you move most most likely <laughs> and wait and beginning to draw an awareness of firstly that you've got this body and that it's moving in a certain way and it will be an imbalanced way for every single person yeah whenever we do any exercise we've usually got if it's limbs we've got two of them we do it on one side then we pause and compare the two sides mm. because you may have walked in with your yoga mat tucked under your arm completely unaware that your psoas was in absolute screeching tension <laughs> you lie on the floor we do something to lengthen one side slowly an ordinary yoga class has about 22 poses in it mine has about six so that tells you we're going very slowly mm -hmm. we do something very slow and subtle and it brings an awareness mm. once that side is lengthened when you compare that to the other side oh my goodness yeah it's really obvious that leg's really short and the one <laughs> i've just lengthened feels like someone's got hold of my ankle and pulled it out of the yeah. pocket how is that it that i'm walking around so we have no idea most yeah. of the time that we are holding these habitual tensions and mm -hmm. and we're we're putting certain thinking patterns they say for instance that you store anger in your bottom who knows but <laughs> you i can tell you that when i'm anxious my tummy starts churning yeah uh, I can tell you that my jaw, if I'm really, really anxious and going over and churning and it's terrible what's going on, <laughs> death in the family or whatever, I yeah. will tense my jaw up beyond belief to the point where I actually crunch and grind my teeth down. And 70% yeah. of the population has bruxism where you're grinding your teeth. So mm -hmm. it's becoming aware that you're doing these things that you've no idea that you're doing and that your body is not in balance. One side compared to the other is acting in a different way and the whole body so let's say there's tension in your little toe on the left that <laughs> will affect your whole body right up to the the, the right little earlobe mm. and you'll become aware of that so that in terms of helping an area of the body that's injured it will be t holding this tension yeah. it's basically forgotten we call it sensory motor amnesia amnesia meaning forgetting mm -hmm. and the the it's almost as if you've blocked out that you're holding that area under tension yeah so it, it, all we're doing is waking your waking your mind your your physical thinking mind up to how you've blocked out that that holding pattern that you're just totally not aware of yeah 
And I think a lot of us in the West are very used to, we're educated to power through, power through our day's work, power through our workout, power through everything. We're kind of go-getters. Yeah. We, we lead almost the whole body with the chin, you know, the head's coming forward and we're putting a huge load of pressure on our neck and upper back. Mm. And it's about learning not to power through. So it's not about stretching. Stretching is in, in the somatic world is almost a swear word because we can <laughs> invoke the stretch reflex, you know, yeah. if, we, if we push, push up. Even, you know, sometimes people think, I can't do yoga because I'm not flexible because they see it as almost the yoga teacher going around pushing them towards mm. the floor. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of that, actually. It's yeah. a total misconception. It's almost about, first of all, let's just become aware. Mm. You Even just lying on a hard floor, knees bent, feet flat, that's just an amazing miracle. I, every time <laughs> it, I do it, I'm like, that's all I need to do then for the next hour, just lie here and yeah. become aware of one part, then the other, then the other. Mm. Just bring the awareness to that yeah. and let it go. You can, well, the body is teaching you, look what you're doing, look what you're doing, mummy. Can you please not do that anymore? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what preventing injury as well as as helping it mm. will do. Yeah. Sometimes you walk into a yoga class feeling perfectly fine nearly every time. You've got no idea there's anything in your story of your body yes. that's holding any tension. And then you lie on the mat and go, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? Mm. <laughs> I think that brings us perfectly on to probably the next point about sort of it acting as a prevention thing um, because I think – as you've mentioned there, there's this misconception of I feel fine, therefore I must be fine. And then, as I mentioned before, then all of a sudden someone in theory then potentially becomes pain in pain all of a sudden, say, for instance, the next day. Well, the reality obviously was that you might have felt fine, but obviously everything wasn't fine. Um, so how do you find it? And, you know, you might be feeling like, um, it's a similar types of points, but I am interested if there are other things to explore of how it acts as a prevention um, to injury. I think we've touched on it a little bit already, but what are some other themes around it from your perspective as it being a as a tool for prevention of injury? I think the, the kind of tool it is is a noticing tool. Mm. We begin to notice when we're striving. We begin to notice, oh, I'm exhausted. We begin to notice, oh, I am holding that neck stiff again. And oh, look at that hyperlord. Look at that psoas. We, we begin to see patterns and notice them quicker, perhaps. Yeah. When things are going into this state of striving, which is just so common for our mind. Mm if if you imagine the perfect body moving uh it would be in an egoless state without that striving <laughs> it would have ease yeah. and do we that such a thing is possible we can be in this beautiful flow and i do think it's important to slow things down Mm -hmm. You know, let's say it would annoy a runner like mad if you said, you know what, we're just going to do, we're going to walk one foot in front of the other yeah. ever so, ever so slowly and examine how your foot, are you heel leading or mm. are you hitting the mid ground? Take a cyclist even off their bike and look yeah. at where the position of their back on the saddle mm. and so forth. So it's about kind of stepping back a few paces and looking at the whole striving element to movement mm. 
and learning to notice it quicker. You can, you know, when you're overtired, you kind of crash into the cupboard and hit, make a hit your head, and yeah. your body is speaking all the time and trying yeah. to get you to be aware of this somatic body, this this subtle body. Your emotions are quite often speaking for you. Like I said, your tummy flutters when you're nervous. So injury prevention is all about listening to your body a bit earlier before it reaches the screaming pitch that you were talking about when they arrive at the physio office saying, mm -hmm. help, I've yeah. got all these these tensed places yeah. and I'm spending all my time guarding it and not using it properly because, you know, it's full of tension mm. and I hadn't realized until it's too late. Yeah. So it's becoming radically satisfied with the way your body moves in a kind of slow way before you speed it up and maybe you need to always go back to slow states mm. so maybe runners need to take a day where they just walk very 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 slowly and notice the position of the arch of the foot notice the knees notice the hip action notice the spine notice where their chest is positioned where the head is positioned over the spine all this mm. just becoming fully aware of this body and being radically, radically satisfied yeah. with exactly how it is, almost without correcting it initially, and then maybe seeing if there's any places that you can release tension. Mm. Just asking the body, asking the mind, is there anywhere I can let go? Is there anywhere yeah. that I'm being impatient with my body, I'm being angry towards my body, I'm trying to suppress my emotions and get mm. rid of something, and actually just embracing it. Like yeah. I say, radical satisfaction is a huge injury preventer because it's about understanding how the body is teaching you and not making it bad and wrong, mm. being with it. And perhaps you want to do some micro adjustments. But first of all, it's just about being with it. Yeah. Without rushing towards the correction. But there may be some things that you can investigate to 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 move in a way that's going to be uh, helping you when you go get a bit faster. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think this, um, again, I'm just, I'm drawing parallels as well of, you know, sort of what I see um, in sort of our line of work and what, you know, um, I would see on a day-to-day -day basis. We touched on before about when someone comes into the clinic and, and being painful. But I think from my perspective, one of the biggest things as well that I want that person then to be by the end of the time that we finish is just um, just generally better. And actually, that is not just getting this pain to go away. It's actually, can we just travel a little bit back in time and think about how we got to here in the first place? And then how do we, as we just touched on, how do we prevent this happening in the future? How do we make you more aware of where things might have been not going so well and how we can get those working better for you um, on a more consistent basis long term because otherwise we're just then back to where we started again uh, so yeah i i think we've 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 touched on some really good points there and i'm um yeah i think you yeah we've we've, we've covered quite a lot of good stuff as a final point what might be something that you would want listeners to take away from today? If you, if it was a case of, if I could just say one thing, I'd want them to know this, or I'd want them to, to grasp this concept. 
uh, what might that be? Put you on the spot there, I know. I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's listen. Listen. Your when the body is in pain or stiff or tense, it's the organism trying to protect itself. Yeah. Respect it, befriend it. Let the body teach you how to self-regulate. Mm. Uh, don't. Uh, it's tempting to whenever there's something that seems to be wrong, to make it to say to yourself this should not be so. Uh, particularly because I teach older adults, they say the aging process should not be so, <laughs> and they want to to run away from it. So I suppose yoga to me. This awareness is about accepting, watching, learning from the body and yeah. learning how it's protecting itself. This business of yoke, understanding how your mind is affecting your body and how your body is affecting your mind. And yet they're not two separate things. Eventually, yeah. you asked me earlier about advanced stages of yoga. Mm. I, I don't often get here but i know there is a place because i've experienced it where there is a complete oneness the mind is not chattering the body is not screaming yeah the two are quiet and there is a blissful oneness of the two of them and then you think aha that's what they mean by the yoking in yoga. <laughs> and that was a very long answer to the in one word can you just say but basically, well, it's never going to be one word, and it wasn't <laughs> an expectation. Don't worry that it would be. But no, I think that's a, a really good place to to finish. I think, um, I think, yeah, I think probably one of the biggest things that was stuck with me is, and this has been great, even just from my perspective, by the way. So this has been really useful. Thank you. Um, as that concept of that, the mind and body aren't aren't detached. And they yes. are actually this one thing. And we all of a sudden, like I said and said this before, but, you know, from our perspective of physios and for patients listening and people listening, there's this expectation of, well, I'm in pain, so therefore something must have been, must, it must be going wrong. Well, yes, they are going wrong, but actually this has been happening in the background. And as you said, potentially if we are more present on a day-to-day -day mm. basis, we can recognise these things earlier. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I've, I've taken away. Anytime um, we can just drop into the body, I think, you know, mm. anytime that we are anxious or depressed or afraid or any negative emotion, we can just drop into the body and notice, oh, where that's playing out because mm. it will be there. And then you can let go of that in the, let's say your tummy's all tight, your neck's all tight. You can gently let go in the body and ha-ha, guess what happens to the mind? <laughs> they're yeah. so interconnected because they're just one thing, not both. And quite often the intelligence is in the body, not in the blooming thinking mind. <laughs> Everyone thinks that's the good thing to listen to. Definitely yeah. don't listen to that. Listen to your body. <laughs> body will tell you. We talk about gut instinct, don't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's let the body, let the body teach yeah. you perfect we'll finish on that thank you so much for your time deborah this has been an absolute pleasure you're welcome um and yeah i'm hoping everybody listening has taken something from that because i know i definitely have uh, so yeah massive thank you again you're welcome
So that's it for today's podcast. Uh, Thanks again for listening. And as always, I hope you found that useful. Uh, For the previous episodes that we've done, uh, check us out at Response Physio Podcast uh, on Spotify and iTunes. If you could leave us a review, that would be great. And that would allow us just to get this podcast out to more people. Um, Until then, we'll be back in the new year um, with some new topics and new things for discussion to help keep you moving keep you healthy and keep you functional. Until then, have a good Christmas guys and we'll see you again soon.